0: All right, good morning. Welcome in. Uh, Y'all know that we've been talking, uh, well, TV media rights deals, uh, conference realignment, and name image likeness throughout the summer. All fantastic topics, you know? I mean, it's like sitting down in front of a 24-ounce ribeye and uh, a big, really good glass of eh, Russell's Reserve bourbon, which is a great partner on the show. Uh, But these are all wonderful topics, the ebb and flow of where we're going in collegiate athletics and what happened in the Big Ten and, well, I guess SEC as of late, with Texas and Oklahoma coming over sooner than later. Uh, Name image likeness has coaches more paranoid than ever, and they're already paranoid. So that's fun, too. And uh, we welcome in Ross Dellinger. On the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, SI.com, Sports Illustrated. Ross has been writing about these topics and doing a great job. He joins us on the Yingling Lager Guest Line. The show is driven by your next Ram truck at Mack Hike and Flowood. Ross Dellinger, good morning, buddy. How are you?
1: Good morning. How are you guys?
0: Well, we're good. We're two and a half uh, weeks away, and I think we were able to make it through June and July, you know, shows and so on. We're back-to-back national champs in this state, which is not something that I ever thought would happen. Um, So it's been a good summer. Have y'all, did y'all vacation? Did y'all go anywhere fun this summer?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. We uh, went on a little short cruise, uh, uh, about a four-day cruise, and then um, we had... uh A a long weekend in Destin, Florida, in which day one was uh, interrupted by USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten.
0: (laughs) So, Dellinger was thinking, all right, I'm going to pack the cooler uh, full of Hanukins or Blue Moons or something, I'm going to chill out with my wife, enjoy life, just kind of look at the waves and the water, walk around, whatever, and all of a sudden, boom, Southern Cal slash UCLA, decide to go to the Big Ten?
1: Yeah, pretty uh, pretty much. I was, I was in my uh, destined condo for about 10 minutes, literally. I uh, walked out on the balcony, and <laughs> my phone buzzed, and I didn't uh, see my family for another 12 hours, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, man. The life of covering uh, college football, especially with um, instant reaction Twitter and everything else that we deal with. So, I, Ross, I, you know, I worked for several years before getting into sports talk radio, sports marketing, all the different things that we're doing. And and so I came in from the business side, which is rare in our profession. Um, and so I've kind of got, you know, chuckled a lot over this reaction from fans and alums and coaches. But how much fun has it been or how many times have you found yourself laughing a little bit because the coaches, our coaches that we cover are already so paranoid. You throw in NIL in which they can't control really yet. We'll see what, how this evolves, and I'll get into that a little bit later in the interview. But um, have you found yourself shaking your head listening to some of the comments from the coaches knowing that they want to control everything and how paranoid they are and the fact that they can't really control NIL?
1: yeah it it has been it has been interesting it's been um you know decades of uh the structure in college sports being that um the school whether it's administration or coaches you know have have pretty much full control on the athletes and we've seen over the last couple years really starting really it started with with COVID that the 2020 summer um we've seen the a- athlete's voice uh, become more uh, pronounced and stronger. And um, the movement, you know, now a couple years old, we've reached, obviously, a point where uh, the. the as somebody recently said to me, the pendulum has swung. You know, it was an athletic director who who told me that. He said the pendulum has swung back the other too time. much. Um, yes. <laughs> Which uh, you know, many in his profession would agree, right? That it swung too much for the for the athlete. Um, I don't think it's swinging back though. You know, we're we're in a situation where um, you know the the athletes, especially at the major schools, that make so much money from the TV rights and such, uh, are have control over their future a little more. In um, that that um, that scares. A lot of people in college sports, it does. and, uh, and I, I understand that fear. Um, in a way, you know, um, when I was uh, 18, 19, and 20 and in college, and I were have gotten some of the checks that are being written, you know through NIL and collectives, uh, I would have probably not done a, you know a really good job uh, with handling the money. But you know what? That's part of life, right, is sure. living and learning and making mistakes.
0: He is Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, SI.com. Does a great job covering uh, college football. He joins us on the Yingling Lager Guest Line. Okay, I, I, I like where you're going there as far as, you know, um, the shift of power to a certain extent. Uh, what do you think next, Ross? Speaking of regulation, and this getting regulated at some point, whether it's through a union or uh, they finally come up with a college football commissioner, and then the conferences set some guidelines. As we evolve and this thing continue, or do you think we're 36 months away from some regulation? Longer, shorter? How do you see it?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's hard to say timing wise that things are moving very quickly, though. Um, Quicker than I think they ever have in college sports where things normally, uh, in progress normally crawls, uh, kind of. So it's moving pretty swiftly. So I think, I think that, um, I think that the future probably does involve some kind of semi pro, uh, league. And a lot of, I know a lot of college football fans especially in the South, uh, don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that there's going to be some semi-pro kind of uh, professional-type uh, entity in, in, as operating, you know, college sports But or college football at least. Is, but that's clearly where we're heading. Um, and I think a lot of coaches would tell you they want to head that way because already they feel like it's a professional uh, and Lane Kiffin has said this multiple times. It's a you know he said it when I sat down with him back in back in May up there in Oxford. is it, it's, it's a professional sport. It's turned into that you know, and it's truly turned into that with NIL. But not only is it a professional sport, a, it is a professional sport without any real regulation, uh, no real you know binding contracts, uh, no salary caps. Um, you know, no, no policy and control on the spending. And that, that will end when you do fully professionalize. I like to say, uh, that, that college sports finds itself in a, in a purgatory in between professionalism and amateurism and, you know, moving further and further away from amateurism, but they haven't taken quite the big leap into professionalism yet. And, uh, Until that happens, you're not going to have, you know, any kind of regulation. and You're going to have what we have now. Uh, But so I think the regulation in the athlete employment, whether, you know, whether it's that uh, and college athletes being employees or whether it is some collective bargaining, revenue sharing type situation, uh, until you have all that, which I think is coming in the next, I would say, two to four years or so, uh, then, then you are going to have what we have today.
0: Okay, when you sat down with L- uh, Lane Kiffin, I think Lane's been great. He's done a combination of things. One, as you know, Ross, a lot of when when coaches are are talking about it, Saban, Jimbo, Lane, among others, it, Billy Napier. It's also a call to action, don't you think, Ross, to their alums? In other words, guys, we just I I just need to remind you, you know, we have a collective and it needs to grow and we need to pump money in it. Um, And don't you agree? So it, it is that they're concerned. Right. And they're trying to wrap their brain around something they don't control. But don't you think the flip side is it's a call to action to their alums when somebody like Lane is talking about it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that was kind of an overshadowed piece of what happened with Nick Saban and the Jimbo Fisher stuff. I mean, uh, people forget when Nick Saban said that about Jimbo and about Dion Sanders and, uh, about Miami. Um, he was saying that in front of, you know, I think dozens, if not hundreds of businessmen, uh, in, in Alabama boosters, uh, I think it was a way to say, uh, "Hey, you know, uh, get out your pocketbook. You have to start donating uh, <laughs> to this other thing, to this other entity." Uh, and that's happening a lot around the country. And Lane and I discussed that when I sat down with him in May. Is is him trying to convince boosters, like, "Hey, you know, uh, there's this other thing now, and if we're not if we're not involved in it, then we're we're gonna." Really, be hurt on the field, and uh, I think that's what Nick Saban was trying to do, and that's what Lane has tried to do publicly. And as you mentioned, Billy Napier, I mean, they—that is something. All the coaches, uh, you know, Brian Day said the thirteen million dollar quote not too long ago. Uh, Every, all of them are trying to um, send some wake-up calls to their boosters that uh, we need help. We need you to donate to this other entity. And you know, keep in mind. Um, these boosters are many of them, right? They're many of them are older. Uh, they are usually white, and they have for years donated to the athletic department for facilities, in coaching salaries, in um, all that stuff. Uh, and now they're being asked to donate more to an entity that basically funnels money to athletes that who are 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, some have hardly taken a snap. So you can imagine the issue.
0: Uh, You just nailed it right there. Ross Dellinger, SI.com, on the Yingling Lager guest line. Uh, Ross, I don't feel like you're surprised. I know I'm not. Um, But when you look at some of the schools that have become hyper-aggressive early in name-image likeness, like Miami, Tennessee, Nebraska, and Texas, it doesn't surprise me because these are programs that have had a lot of success at some point in time in the last 20 to 40 years, but for the most part, well, though in Florida, uh, have been off the grid the last 10 to 15, sometimes 20 years. That doesn't surprise you at all, does it?
1: No. You know, you've, you've basically got, uh, you know, desperate Somewhat desperate, uh, yes. very wealthy, high-resourced uh, people, at, at boosters at these at these schools who uh, are clawing in, to get back to the glory years, so to speak. And yeah, I mean, I think it, there's, it's not coincidental that like eight of the top, maybe ten, nil collectives. Um, and when I say top, I mean kind of the most ambitious. Uh, the ones that are spending basically the most money um, are from schools that, you know, uh, are hoping to get quote back. Um, the Texas, the the Tennessees, uh, Miami's, Nebraska's, maybe USC too, and A and M. They're they're all searching for um, whether it be twenty years ago or sixty years ago. Uh, they're winning ways. Um, in, in championship-winning eras, that that are have lo- been lost basically, and they're they're trying to get that back. And what way to get that back? Right, is is a pretty easy way now, and that is to um, to you know offer uh, current players uh, a good amount of of cash, more cash than than <laughs> maybe other schools are, and that way that leads to more recruits maybe signing with you with some promises that they'll get similar uh payments. So that's you know that's what's happening and and hey look you know there's another thing another another um I guess similarity these schools have and and you know I just cut to it you know they have been some of the most NCA sanctioned programs in the country <laughs> in the past uh you know and so they've probably done a lot of this anyway right. uh, and now it's quote legal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ross Dellinger joining us on the Out of Bounds show. Uh, Yingling Lager Guestline, si.com. Just Google Ross Dellinger SI. It, it, all his stuff is good. His last two articles that he dropped are phenomenal. If you're two and a half weeks away, you want some really good content. Uh, the one, How the ESPN Big Ten Split Impacts College Sports, phenomenal. And then something that we're kind of hitting on the last 10 minutes The Other Side of College Football's Game Changer. The NIL collective. Uh, let's talk A&M. You just dropped them. You, you and I have been doing this a long time. I've been doing this for 20 years. You've been doing this a long time. Uh, we've gotten to cover amazing personalities and coaches and teams. Don't you find A&M fascinating and such an enigma, Ross, that they, they've got everything they need, and yet they've never won for the most part at a high level. They've never challenged uh, – you know, for for the BCS or or, or now the current playoff structure, uh, we really don't feel like they're close to Atlanta yet. They recruit like crazy and pump hundreds of millions of dollars in their program. Are they as fascinating a, a team and program to you as they are to us?
1: Yeah, and it's it's really both of them. Texas and in, in Texas A&M, they have more money, um, basically than anybody. You know, as far as donations, and obviously a lot of that is coming from, you know, the oil industry, and uh, the money is they've they've got a lot of it, and they've got they've got they're usually one in two, Texas and A and M and budget, and a lot of that is because of the uh, donations they receive. I mean, I think uh, a couple years ago, I think this is 2019 statistics, but uh, the University of Texas. Brought in like something like $65 million in a single year in donations. Uh, that's mm-hmm. like one, you know, fifth of the SEC's total donation. So you, it's just, it's a behemoth both of those places and it is quite, um, puzzling, right? While they haven't figured it out, uh, in eight, for A&M. They haven't figured it out in you know, a few decades, maybe. Uh, for Texas, it's been a decade plus that they haven't figured it out. And when they do, um, they'll be back, you know, they'll be back on top. And uh, because you, you, and that's why you hear the whole Texas is back kind of thing, when is Texas back. It's, it's because they, they have so much money um, that surely at some point when they get the right organizational structure, the right coach scheme and blah, 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 then, then they will be back on top, uh, and, and everybody can see that happening. And, and it's similar with A and M. Now, I will say I think A and M's resurgence is in their money is a little newer than Texas, and I think a lot of that you can point back to joining the SEC. Actually, I think um, I think that has that has been a, a pretty big boon for for the Aggies. They they have kind of soared uh, with with resources. In, in donations and in facilities and improvements and, and even championships and all the other sports except football and really big success in a lot of the other sports. And of course, you know, Jimbo did have a nine in one year, but they, as you mentioned, they, they just haven't, um, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't gotten to the level where you think because of talent and resources they should be. And probably a lot of that, at least one year, a couple years, this, during Jimbo's tenure is because of one man in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, that <laughs> they can't seem to get through, and that's the case for a lot of teams. So until Nick Saban leaves Alabama, um, there's going to be a lot of disappointment continuing for a lot of teams in the SEC probably.
0: Were you su- Ross Dellinger on the Out of Bounds show, SI.com, were you surprised Jimbo Fisher reacted like a petulant child to Saban's comments? <laughs>
1: Um, I I I did certainly did not expect the calling the impromptu calling of a news conference. That was that was pretty bizarre. Um, uh, you don't see that very often, and uh, uh, I look. Um, and I wrote about it in that nil collective story last week. It, it, it's a And M had signed. I think they signed they signed their their number one first of all, they signed the number one right top class ever in the history of rankings this past year. I think there was eight five stars, I think. Eight five stars.
0: Yes. Um
1: they 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 hadn't signed eight five stars in the last six years combined. <laughs> okay, so it let's 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 just face the facts here, right? Uh, I mean and, and Lane Kiffin said it recently. Lane was on the uh and he said it multiple times, but most recently he was on the Leopard show down in Miami and um and he came out with with some of those stats and said like, Come on, like who are we kidding here? You know. And I think I think he's right. I, you know, clearly A and M has has um a very ambitious with NIL and for, for Jimbo to um to just shoot that down constantly, uh you know, I think a lot of coaches um, who know what happened in the, who know what's happening in the recruiting landscape, are are giving them the giving him the big eye roll.
0: Yeah. Well, I well, uh, it's, all right. How long do I have? I uh, only got a minute and a half. Real quick, how impressed are you with Lane gr- growing up, and he's he's really become a damn good boss. Now, he, you know, he's somewhat capped at Ole Miss. He's not going to win 10 every year. That's not sustainable. But, and he wants to get out and get to Blue Blood Program, but he's also at a place where you can win, and, and he's getting paid a lot. Uh, how impressed are you with Kiffin and and him growing into a really good head coach?
1: Well, you, you hear of coaches all the time. It's kind of become cliche when a coach goes somewhere and, fails or or whatever and you know you ask him what did you learn you know what did you learn from your tenure and uh i i really think elaine has learned a lot from a lot of his failures he's had a lot of failures and i think he recently said you know when he was uh he was obviously so young at some of these big programs and he failed at them at such a young age so he's he didn't fail in his 40s and 50s, right, to come back and rebound in his 50s and 60s. He failed in his 20s and 30s and has come back in his 40s to rebound. So he's kind of got that edge and advantage on a lot of others that he got all those opportunities at a young age and really did learn from them. And I just, as a media member, to wrap up, as a media member, you know, walking into his office and and him being specifically with NIL so honest uh, you know, and just coming out and saying what everybody is thinking. It's just a breath of fresh air.
0: I agree. I agree. And it's, it's a cool story. And, and it's so funny, Ross. Um, you know, fans can't, you know, they can't acknowledge that he is now a really good head coach. And he's not what he was, you know, 10, 11 years ago. Hey, dude, thanks so much for your time today. Love your work. And I uh, hope you have a great football season. We'd love to catch up with you uh, one more time before Christmas. Be good. Glad you're doing well. Thanks, man. All right, man. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. bye Ross Dellinger on the Yingling Lager Guest Line, SI.com, Sports Illustrated. Some name image likeness, some Jimbo, a little lane train, and Sabin. Good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show, and we are brought to you by your next Ram truck or Jeep Wrangler at Mack Hike in Flowood.